Little warning, this episode has multiple terrible, terrible impersonations of British television personalities, so if that's something that may be a bit too much for you, please turn off. If that's something that does appeal to you, though, stick around. I've got a really fun episode for you about Robot Wars, a BBC television show from the late 90s and early 2000s. If you enjoy what you hear, please feel free to give us a like, a rating, a follow, a review of some kind on whatever platform that you listen to us on. If you want to do that, it's entirely up to you. It's your choice. I'm not here to pressure you. That's not how I work. Thanks for listening to us while you do your chores. We hope you enjoyed this podcast about Robot Wars. I was going to start this episode by doing an impersonation of um, popular motoring presenter and man with voice that can only be described as in the world. I was going to say, you were starting to fall into it with the phrase motoring presenter and then you came back out, became yourself again, and then yeah. there you go, I into mean, the voice. <laughs> as, as has been made clear in the fact you clicked on this episode... Today's episode is about the British television show Robot Wars, a dear favourite of mine. Now, I'm not going to give you the full, like, potted history because there's a lot of it and we'd be here for hours. So I'm just going to give you the basics. Essentially, Robot Wars was produced by Mentorn Media and originally they, well, while it was shown on the BBC, originally they actually pitched to Channel 4 first. Mm. Channel 4 said, no thank you. Um, the idea for the show was sort of inspired by, and this is going to sound a bit mad, there were these sort of robotics competitions that were happening in America. There were a couple of them. And people, like, there were certain individuals who saw them and thought, well, that's really interesting. So the, these competitions were created by a guy called Mark Thorpe, who happened to be a toy designer for the uh, Lucas Toys division of Lucasfilm at the time. So he proposed something called like Danger Zone, and then he was inspired to develop the concept of Robot Wars events, creating rules for the competitions, etc., etc. Um, Mentor and Pictures Road Channel 4, as I said, they said, no thank you. But eventually, after some after some better pitching, shall we say, mm. like I said, I'm not going to go into the, like, who denied this, who didn't want to do that, because that's actually quite boring. But eventually the BBC commissioned it for broadcast in 1998. Okay. Now, a lot of people have forgotten that the first series of the show was not presented by Red Dwarf actor Craig Charles. It was actually presented by motoring presenter Jeremy Clarkson. Yes, I was surprised to learn this when you showed it to me, because I vividly remember Craig Charles, obviously, from my childhood. Very few people remember Jeremy Clarkson. (laughs) Jeremy Clarkson remembers doing it. Nobody else seems... Like, it's almost (laughs) like they've written... I genuinely feel they've sort of written him out of history. They've sort of redacted him, which is a bit weird, because it's not like he, like attacked a presenter or anything or well, like I also, hate crimes anyone but I think it's also it's just the least um, compelling of the seasons just on like roboting robot yes it is so it's more that the season is forgettable I mean and him with it <laughs> it's very memorable because of what it is I think but his vibe is very different yes his vibe is very different like he dare I say takes it a bit more seriously yeah and also he's not excitable no but he also is dressed the, the sort of the leather jacket well leather trench thing that he's wearing he, he sort he does look like an SS guard it's very star, Starship Troopers it's very Starship Troopers he he does look like a Nazi from Raiders of the Lost Ark 
it's the long leather jacket. Yeah, that's what it's I mean. Iconic. It, like, <laughs> it, it, I expect him to try and open the Ark of the Covenant at any moment and have his face melted <laughs> off. I know I mentioned the uh, impersonation, and just just to give you an idea of the show, and this this is how they introduce the show. So obviously you have the opening music, and then Jeremy Clarkson standing atop this sort of like high stage set, this high podium, like like some sort of king or god emperor, but he he then says the following speech. <clears throat> Did you transcribe this? Yes. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, it's actually easily findable. Okay. I realised this is easily findable on various fan sites. I didn't actually have to go there for transcribing it, but I did. I transcribed it. The You're com- fucking welcome. The commitment is beautiful. You are welcome. <clears throat> Man may have tempered the spectre of nuclear evil, but tonight I have the unenviable task of reporting that warfare has been taken out of man's hands. We're now at the mercy of machines and a battle the likes of which we've never seen before is about to begin. Outside the studio, women have lashed themselves to the railings. Britain is about to witness the birth of Robot Wars, which is all about robots fighting. Men and women have spent up to six months building these machines, and in the next 30 minutes, most of them are going to be smashed. They're all in the pits now, though, with Philippa Forrester. Can't see. I just. <laughs> but that that that's the first thing you see and yeah. hear is Jeremy Clarkson standing there, dressed like a Nazi, holding a microphone, saying that man may have tempered the spectre of nuclear evil. What a way to open a Friday evening program on BBC <laughs> this Two. This is a family show. This is a family show. <laughs> six thirty, I believe, it went out. Yeah, six. I'm sure it was going out at six thirty on Fridays. Well, it's the menace of war. The robot wars. So, if I remember correctly, the show that would have been on before this would have been The Simpsons. Nice. <laughs> and the thing is, right, that speech makes it seem like the robots you're about to see are going to be like ripping each other to shreds. Mm. There's going to be nothing but like you're just going to see people being upset. You're going to see like crying women. You're going to see like children in pain. You're going to see suffering. That's not what you get. We'll, we'll, get into that. One, no. we'll get to that. So, as you mentioned, Philippa Forrester is the co-host. She's the pit reporter. She's having a great time. She's much... She's clearly into this. Yeah. She's clearly, like, just getting into it. She's getting into the spirit of it. She is having a wonderful time. She's great. People love her. She's fantastic. She, was, she used to be on the Tomorrow's World, which is the BBC's sort of flagship sort of science programme. Oh, okay. She presented... She used to be here at work with kids as well, and kids presenting, like, everyone seems to. Yeah. Like, it's just like the law almost. You have to do kids' TV of presenting. Course. But she genuinely is, like, into it. Like, you can tell. she's, Or at least she's very good at pretending she's into it. But she's a much more natural fit for this. Mm. She's just a much more natural fit. So the format of the show, the original format, 36 robots over six programmes, six compete in each episode. Now, Jeremy Clarkson will tell you that you're going to see robots fighting. But here's the thing. In the first two series... <laughs> The first two rounds of each episode, there's no actual fighting going on. There's no fighting at all. If anything, it's actually a test of driving skill and control. Mm. So I can understand if you're looking at this go, hang on a minute, I was promised fighting and you appear to have shown me a bunch of people unable to drive because that's unfortunately <laughs> a lot of what happens. You have something called the gauntlet where you have to get your robot from point A to the end of the like this little gauntlet you have to get there without being like killed or smashing into something or being like pushed back by the house robots who in the earlier series i really feel the actual stars of the show 
Yeah. Because any well, they actual, have power. Any actual damage, proper damage that was inflicted only was ever entirely, done by them. Yeah. Almost entirely by the house robots. I mean, when you're watching it at the time, that's not what you're getting. That's not the vibe you're getting. But if you watch it back now, the mm. actual damage is all by the house robots. Like, all of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll get to that. All right. So you start with the gauntlet, so you have to get from A to B, and then they eliminate one robot. Now, each episode of the first series is only 30 minutes, but fucking hell, the gauntlet alone seems to take up half the episode. Yeah, it takes a while. And then you have, after that, you have a trial. So one robot gets eliminated from the gauntlet, they have this, this trial where they have to do, like, some sort of task. They have to, like, survive in, like, a ring against the house robot. They have to just sort of not die or, like, score points in some sort of weird pinball thing. Again, this is more a test of driving skill and control than fighting mm. which again mr clarkson was very clear this is about robots fighting if you're watching the first episode you're 15 minutes into it you've not seen any robots actually fight each other mm. now i can understand if that's a problem do i now i get why people might not necessarily like that and they did drop this spectacularly by the third series this was gone the idea that you have to compete in this was just gone. It was all fighting. Yeah, they have little side competitions. The amount of fucking side stuff and spawned off things from the show is insane. I'm going to try and detail as much of it as I can. But my fucking God. You then have the weird trial. After you do the trial, then you get the four robots that are left and they actually fight each other. Or at least in the case of the first series, gently push each other a Quote, bit. Quote, unquote, fight. <laughs> yes. Like, there were one or two robots in the first series that actually could do something there was uh, Recyclops which I'm a big fan of which basically had, it's, it's sort of just it's this little like dome thing with a giant Cyclops eye and an extendable tongue that would just like push people and give people <laughs> a flip that's a great robot comparatively the winning robot of that series I mean there's no other way to describe it it's a fucking road sign on wheels yes yeah, big wedge it's made a of a road sign big wedge made of a road sign <laughs> but that's part of the charm I know that this might sound like I'm actually donging the show off a bit I'm not because all these these robots are not built by like you know professional fucking yeah when I say that I mean like the people that have built some of the people who have built it are professional engineers or they're trained engineers and what have you that's cool but like it's not being built by like corporations no the vast majority of teams are comprised of like families the vast majority of them and there's a lot of like schools and kids yes. and stuff yeah yeah there's always yeah. a couple of school kid teams you know even if it's like oh the dad's a pro engineer he'll have his kids with him. And also the materials are like budget, you yeah. know. None of it is at this stage. It seems like everything was like recycled yeah. something. There, be, there does a power creep comes in quite spectacularly, mm. pretty quickly. Yeah, but, those first two seasons, I think, is so um, very homemade. Yeah, the vibe is very homemade. Mm. You can tell the show is a hit as well because the first series only had six episodes, and the final with the six heat winners in a six-way fucking melee, which is charming to watch <laughs> it is charming to watch because none of the robots seem to be able to go faster than five miles an hour and a lot of them have the weapon on the back yeah they have like, oh we've got we've like? got a hello hello this is my robot we've got a weapon on the back i've got a circular saw on the back wait so you need them to go behind you so you need to reverse the sword like it didn't make any sense to me i'm not an engineer but even as a kid i was like but well, why is the weapon not on the front why is it not on the front? This makes no- why I want to see the saw. Why robot? Why is your saw on the back? Put it on the front. People drive on you all the time. But yeah, anyway, that's just you know that's my child brain because this came on when I was like nine years old. Yeah, and I was in like immediately. I, I was just like, this is amazing. I, I was enraptured. 
utterly enraptured. They could every episode could have just been robots. Like there, there were some robots in the gauntlet that couldn't get out of the fucking starting area. Yeah, you have a whole little VT of someone going, uh, "This is our robot. Uh, it's got a you know big scoop on the front, and it's got a big axe on the back. So we had to really smash into the other robots. It's going to be great." And then they can't get out. And it's like, ah, oh. there's one in particular. I, I don't. I feel like I'm, I don't want to publicly shame them. Someone's going to say who they are. Cause I feel like I'm sort of shaming them a bit. But there's one that was very like, you look at it and go, "Oh, that looks like it could do. That looks like it could do some fucking damage to someone." Cannot get out of the fucking bit. Oh bless! Doesn't because I, I think some I think it might be the ground clearance because the ground clearance is so low. Can there's like a like one route we can go down which has like a ramp. If you oh yeah, yeah. No, no ground I've clearance. seen I've seen things get stuck on that. And that was just, the gauntlet, wasn't it? People yeah. just getting stuck on shit. And it's like. just like this is just tragic to watch. Like it is just painful. Mm. You know, <laughs> like and also if a robot gets tipped over slightly, that's it. In the first series, if you get tipped, you're done. Like, they don't even bother to, like, pretend that you have a chance. Because self-writing mechanisms, which basically become, a, like, a must-have by yeah. about Series 4, they don't... No one's using them. Like, but no one's... Also, no one is, like, no, flipping or things that are specifically... You kind of get knocked over rather than... Yeah, Robo- like, uh, people will... Loop, yeah, Robot basically wins the first series because people drive onto it and just go... Burr. And they just fall off, <laughs> off it in a weird way, yeah. As opposed to, like, being lifted or yeah. just, like, yeeted out of mm. existence. Mm. <laughs> like I said, the power creep was ridiculous. First series, only has 36 robots. The second series, that, like, doubles. It, like, imme- like, doubles to 72. It's tw- The series is twice as long. Um, the viewing figures are fucking mad for the second series. By the time you get to the second series, and this came out not even, like, a year after the first one. Not even, like, a year like you've got like nearly six million people watching every episode. That's amazing. That's like the, it was. I think it was the most popular show on BBC Two at the time. Like they're the sort of numbers you hear about when people talk about fucking Great British Bake Off. Yeah. When you someone wins the Great British Bake Off, they get a little bit of celebrity interest. When someone wins Robot Wars, that's not a thing that really happens. It just doesn't happen. No one's mm. like you're not. Oh my god, could you? <laughs> the, the Roadblock team were not being interviewed on fucking the one show. Or the equivalent thereof. Yeah. Like, they're not appearing on fucking... <laughs> like, you're not getting robot, former Robot Wars contestants on I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. Even though, in some ways, they were, like... Why wouldn't you? They're getting just as many viewers as, like, shit soap operas, you know? I wonder, does it have something to do with the media landscape now versus then? Yeah. In terms of, like, when people talk about Bake Off, they can not just watch it, but talk about it on all manner of, like, social media and... You can do it with fucking Nonsense. Robot Wars. But but in 1999, you couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was the internet, there was forums, but that was, like, the early internet. You know, that wasn't yeah. the ubiquitous thing we have now. Yeah. So, the second series starts airing in November 1998, carries on to, through to about March 1999. So, every week for months and months, yeah. there'd be a heat. It's 12 heats. 12 heats. Then you've got two semi-finals. So all the winners of these have to come back to compete in semi-finals. And yeah, in this series, Craig Charles appears. Now, when Craig Charles appears, the style of presenting just... Like, the energy level goes up massively. Mm. You've got someone that very recently... Because Red Dwarf had just finished. But at this time, it was coming to an end. The final series yeah. has either been filmed or been broadcast. It's just slipped out of my mind. So Craig Charles and Red Dwarf... It's not like Red Dwarf had no viewers at the end of it. It still had millions of viewers. So this was a bit of a get. It's just, you know, you, yeah. you're getting someone who is quite a big name. 
it's not that they were trying to get rid of Clarkson. Clarkson was just too busy. Like, he couldn't do it because they were filming it quite soon afterwards. Because mm. the first two series both broadcast in the same year. The glow-up, as they say, is pretty spectacular. But also, there is something that happened on set in the first series, which despite not being necessarily, you know, as I said, the carnage wasn't necessarily there, there was a little bit of an incident. There was a bit I of an incident tell. about how Jeremy Clarkson very nearly got killed. By one of those slow box robots? No, 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 no. So Tom Gutridge, who was the head of Mentorn, he wrote a blog post in 2007 sort of explaining something that happened. I'll read it out. Ten years ago, I very nearly killed Jeremy Clarkson. I created a television series called Robot Wars and Jeremy was the first presenter. I knew the robots were dangerous. They had real axes, saws and other weapons of mass destruction. They were given names like Panic Attack, Razor and Chaos. Because members of the public had built them from second-hand wheelchair motors and radio-controlled toy cars, they were notoriously unreliable. So in order to stop stray robots running into the audience, we put up some perspex screens around the stage. I asked Jeremy to host the first series because his his support for motorised metal mayhem is pretty close to the Robot Wars ethos. So he stood high above the carnage on a rostrum, making facetious comments about the little boxes below, which had taken grown men months to build and less than two minutes to destroy. The first day of shooting went really well, and despite the fact the robots were, had a lot of technical problems and we had to pull them onto the stage on fish with fishing wire. God. <laughs> I think that is, like, just before I continue with this quote, that is, it makes a lot of sense when you watch it, mm. when you know that. Because there are a lot of robots who really seem to struggle just to do anything. But yeah, the second morning, just as we were getting into our stride, disaster struck. A robot being driven by a tearful eight-year-old is being carefully carved into tiny pieces by one of the house robots. Suddenly, a circular metal blade from dead metal flew into the air at more than 200 miles an hour and embedded itself deep into a solid concrete wall just behind where Jeremy was standing. When we studied the recording in slow motion, we found that the blade, rotating at more than 6,000 RPM, had missed the Clarkson's scalp by less than two inches. Wow. (laughs) With only a slight adjustment to the trajectory, the person now being proposed as our country's leader would have been decapitated. There was a sort of weird campaign for class and PM from various oh, sources. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, of course, within minutes, the entire show had been shut down and it took a week for us to find enough bulletproof perspex to seal off the auditorium from danger. The rest is history, except that Jeremy wisely decided his life is more valuable than on our, of our second series and went back to abusing Skodas. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. So that actually does make more sense to me that it's like from a house robot because yeah. the... They are actually very dangerous oh, yeah. weapons. Yeah, like. comparatively. Oh, my comparatively, God. Comparatively, yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. Like, That's so, terrifying. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit about the house robots in a second, because, yeah. As I say, ratings here, second series commissioned, Craig Charles appears, they get managed to get Craig Charles, he made a few calls, they got him, and he's got a very different opening speech. And am I going to do an impression? Yeah. Go on, then. And is it going to be as... Uh, yeah. Be prepared for a horrific, horrific Scouse accent. I was going to say, is everyone in the north of England going to just switch off forever? Yes. Okay. <laughs> if you've ever wondered why the machines are taking over the world, then wonder no more, because Robot Wars is back. It's bigger, it's more destructive, and offers more metal carnage than when Metal Mickey tries to juggle with Semtex. Robot Wars is survival of the fittest. But, as contenders aren't body beautifuls and figure-hugging lycra, they're ugly lumps of metal made out of nuts and bolts and household appliances, and whatever was left lying around the garage at the time. Oh, and yeah, they want to kill each other. What a better intro. It's much more fun. It's much more fun. It's much more like, like yeah, wrestling, like pro wrestling, but for robots. <laughs> yeah, it's mu- like, 
it's so much more hype. When you hear him say yeah. it, you're just like, yeah, I'm going to see this fucking robot teacher. I'm like, fuck yeah. There's, it's just, there's, you know, Clarkson was like, huh, these robots are going to attack each other. You fools. Like, he's, it was he's more almost, robot. Up, the setup was more like world apocalypse and now the robots have taken over. Like, mm. that was more the setup. Whereas, yeah, it is more like we're having... Only the robots will yeah. be harmed. We will have fun yeah. as the humans. <laughs> Other sort of, like, things that Clarkson... Clarkson sort of played it as if the house robots were, like, his, like, mates and his friends. Yeah. Like, whenever anyone would attack the house robots, he'd be like, oh, you've attacked my friend. And, like, no. It, it, it doesn't work because it's not like he's talking them up like they're going to kill everyone. He, he, it just doesn't quite work. It never quite make it never yeah. quite works. I think with a bit of refinement it could have, but the tone that he has is so different. Yeah, it's so different. Like Craig Charles basically plays it like he is almost like a traveling fucking circus promoter, and you're invited to his like carnage fest that he hosts and runs, and you know he offers people support, but like like you know he's trying to facilitate his traveling roadshow of madness. Mm. He's almost like, dare I say, a boxing promoter. Yeah. Well, he is the master of mayhem. He is the master of mayhem. And also another thing that Craig Charles would introduce was at the end of every episode that he ever was involved with. And that's a lot of episodes. Because you're not just counting the main series, which all had at least 15, 16 episodes. And he presented six of those. You also have the spin-off series, the extreme series, the celebrity specials. So some either himself or like producers or writing team or whatever came up with a four line poem which always ended with the words robot wars <laughs> I don't know whether it was a deliberate nod to his past as a performance poet I presume it was because why else would they ask him to do it yeah. or why else would he do it because it makes no sense but it was a wonderful way to cap off each episode I don't know how he still had a voice at the end of each episode because the filming like by the time you get to the last couple of series he is screaming yeah he's not just like talking he is screaming at the audience no mic required <laughs> i mean there definitely is a mic no but i like, know but i like... honestly feel like he could have done it without it yeah that's how loud he's going and that's that's how much enthusiasm is being put out there whether you know and he probably like you can tell he's you can't fake that level of enthusiasm no for he's that long. very that's what i mean he's very excited about yeah. everything going on which is really like there's a real joy there it's lovely yeah. to watch yeah like, he becomes a definitive presenter within about two minutes. Mm. Philippa Forrester remains. She's great. Once again, like, it's... it's Philippa Forrester's role is as much trying to get people who are quite socially awkward on camera to just, like, talk. Yeah. Not even necessarily to say anything, like, exciting. Like, she's not sitting there going, like, oh, you know, these people have said you're a prick. What do you say about that? I mean, there is a point where that is sort of a thing, but I'll briefly mention Robot Wars Extreme. Ugh. But, um... <laughs> You know, her whole vibe is just trying to get people to just feel comfortable. Mm. But she's also, like, really good at talking to the children because there are a lot of children. Yeah, and she's very, she's very good at talking to the kids. Yeah. Even though it comes on on a Friday evening, it's a family programme, really. Yeah, definitely. So many of the most successful teams were families. Yeah. Or, you know, they were, or they had, like, a family involved with it. Yeah, it, it might be, like, a father and a son and then, like, a friend of the father. Yeah. But there is a family element yeah. within it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's very, very wholesome. Mm. Despite the fact that it is fundamentally a show about people's dreams, in many ways, being smashed to bits. Especially when, like, as it goes on, that is a literal thing. People's dreams are just getting smashed to pieces. 
people will spend hundreds, some people will spend thousands of pounds on their machines. And they just get... In 2000s money. In yeah. early 2000s money. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's not that... Well, I suppose 20 years ago now, yeah. but like... Three thousand pounds in two thousand and two is. Yeah. I feel a lot more significant yeah. than three thousand pounds yeah. now. It's obscene. It's obscene. Oh my word! <laughs> series two, um, you get certain new innovations. Like for example, so you have the house robots. You had four the original four house robots. You had dead metal with its big circular saw and its giant pincers, so it would pinch you in and then just like slice you up with a big circular saw. You have Matilda with these sort of flipping tusks and like a big chainsaw on the back. Again, another thing on the back. Never understood the... She had both. Yeah, she had both. She had both, so I'll allow it. And she's meant to look like a dinosaur, so I'll allow it. Yeah. You had Sergeant Bash, who, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to piss people off when I say this, but Sergeant Bash was the shit one. Yeah. Sergeant Bash was fucking rubbish. He looked all right. I liked the name, but he didn't actually do much bashing. And his whole thing was... I've got a flamethrower, but it's not actually that powerful. Like, it doesn't really tend to do that it's much. Almost too high to damage the, the robot. The flamethrower feels very cosmetic, it is and it has like cosmetic. a big, like little pincy thing on the front. The pincer can do damage, but yeah. it's not the focus. No, I yeah, Sergeant Bash was my least favourite. Again, I know people might disapprove of that, but fuck you, Sergeant Bash is shit because yeah. Shunt exists. Exactly, they Shunt, they Big Daddy no Shunt. Reason they didn't bring back Sergeant Bash. <laughs> Shunt. Shunt is uh, certified G. I fucking love Shunt. Shunt. It's I so... think Shunt is my, is my favourite. Shunt's got a big old plough and he just twats people with an axe, which was like more powerful than every other robot's weapon for like the first couple of series. Yeah. So if you were getting donked with that axe, it was going through your it was going through your body. And it was just delightful to watch every time. Every time. Always. But in series two, they introduced another house robot. They introduced a new house robot, a fifth house robot. In many ways, the granddaddy of house robots. The iconic Sakilalot. So the Sakilalot not in nope. season one? Oh, interesting. I so didn't know this. Sakilalot would have been too much. That's true. If you had a robot like Sakilalot in season you one... You no chance. That would have just been horrible. Every robot would have just got hate-crimed. It would have been vile. Like, it wouldn't have even been like, oh, yeah, it would have been like, oh, no, this is just horrible to watch. <laughs> Their poor little box on wheels has been minced. <laughs> It's been drilled and minced, and it's horrible. But yeah, Sakilalot is introduced, and you can tell the producers really want to show off Sakilalot because Sakilalot is like taking the fucking lead in almost every action the house robots undertake. Yeah. So in series two, when you get to the battle stages, you have around the perimeter of the arena, you have it's called the perimeter patrols, and so if you at any point you get shunted into the side of any part of the arena, a house robot can just come and like slap you. And can just give you it, and it's always a fucking killer that would just show up and just decimate you with his giant drill lance. <laughs> he would just violate you to death, like, and it just it kept being so killer because they were the producers were so so intent on like showing him off for the merchandising. <laughs> we'll get into that a little bit later, but it, it's just like look at our new big daddy, huh? Look at our big daddy, so killer. Seemingly invincible. Seemingly invincible. Weaknesses. Seemingly invincible. <laughs> but the thing is, right, of course, the house robots were just driven by people. Yeah. So, of course, sometimes the house robots would do something really stupid. Like, for example, it would just accidentally drive into the pit. So in the fights, of course, you not only you you have to defeat your opponent by even immobilising them or, like, yeah, just immobilising them in some way, shape or form, whether you destroy them or whether, you know, you hit something and their drive chain falls out 
or you can put them into the pit of oblivion. So you just either shove them or flip them or kick them or whatever into the pit and they fall in and they lose. And there will be times where robots will drive themselves into the pit through idiocy. Yeah, I've seen that happen a lot. There's a... It's very sad. It's quite funny. <laughs> it's quite funny. The pit is the most peaceful way to die. That, it, that pit... Having mo- protective. Yeah, having multiple different ways to lose or win makes it viable for multiple different strategies because otherwise you just end up with the most, like, one strategy. Everyone just picks, like, you know, either a giant fucking... In the early season, it would be, like, a giant axe. Just the biggest fucking axe you can think of. Or, you know, like, a little tippy thing. So quite a few things that had little tippy things and never actually got anyone over. They kind of put you off balance. Yeah, they sort <laughs> yeah. of put you off balance for a minute. So Series 2, the, there's a glow up in terms of the robots. Big glow up. The series 2 was won by a robot called Panic Attack from Wales, which every time, every round it won, it was making money for charity. But also, what you notice is every time the, uh, Philippa Forrester speaks to any of the teams and says, oh, are you thinking confident? They're always, no. No one has confidence in the Everyone expects season. to lose. Everyone's <laughs> like, I, I'll probably lose this round. I'll probably lose. It's grand. Look, we're just here to have fun. We'll probably go out now. Yeah. No one thinks they're no going to win. No one thinks they're going to win. It's great. It's great. It's, it's so, so British. Funny. It's, it's, it's so funny. It's so British. British. It's so modest. It's, it's, I was shocked because I was used to the reboot, the American version, late, late day uh, robot battling, as it were. And so the, the modesty, the humility of it all is, is <laughs> shocking. How everyone's like, oh, look. No, yeah. I don't think so, mate. Well, we don't stand a chance. <laughs> shocking, absolutely shocking. So, oh no, we can't beat Cassius in the final, and it just controls him into the pit, and it's glorious. Oh, Cassius. Oh, but I'll, I'll talk more about that shit later. Series three, again, there's an even bigger, there's like 128 robots. You've already increased the amount by like nearly four you have four times as you have so it's th- exponentially th- growing you literally have three times yeah. as many robots as you had in the first series and change 120 like they had apparently even more applications than that yeah I think one of the episodes said something like we had like 600 applications and we whittled it down to <sighs> yeah because they have that they have that qualified so they would bring people to like the place that they film it and they would try to like yeah sort of you know are you functional yes <laughs> can you do this thing yeah yeah because obviously a lot of people would apply, but if their robots are a piece of shit that doesn't work yeah, or not it's not be. safe, because obviously there were safety limits, mm. quite a few robots in later series would actually be disqualified because they were unsafe. They were over the like limits on things like pneumatic pressure of stuff, which is pretty insane. <laughs> You're aware it works, but it's too powerful. So uh, no. <laughs> series three, and this is where, in my opinion, the show goes from, oh, this is charming and fun to, oh, oh hello. Yeah. This is where you start getting robots that are are able to actually dominate other robots. Yeah, like, like it's real damage. Real damage, flipping, like the things that don't just move robots about, but tip robots, like flip robots up entirely. Like Series 3 introduced, I mean, when I was a little kid, I saw a robot on Series 3 that had a big giant wheel that spanned very, very quickly. And I thought, is that like, what, it's called Hypnodisc. I'm like, what does it do? I'm like, okay, oh, this is a new competitor. What does it do? Oh, it spins at 500 RPM and then it like smashes people and it like smashes into things. I'm like, oh, I wonder how that works. And then it goes into its first fight and it just fucking makes mincemeat of the opponent. And at this point, they got rid of the gauntlet and the trial and all that bollocks. So now it's just all fighting, nothing but violence, just pain and suffering. None of this like, oh, we've got to drive over a little ramp. None of that. Just death. 
death and glory. And what Hypnodisc does in that heat, especially in the first two rounds, it just violates its opponent. The house robots don't even come in for the kill because there is nothing left to kill. Yeah. Like, the house robots just sit in there like, oh, damn. It was it was interesting kind of, uh, like, re-watching those old seasons, like, you know, yeah. essential parts of Sons right? Because I think, for me anyway, season three is when you do start to see the first glimpses of... Legitimate power. Mo- and also what modern day... Yeah. Uh, like robot fighting yeah, is yeah, yeah. You, you really see like oh this is the first time I see someone flip someone out of yeah. the arena this is yeah. the first time I see like a proper spinner yeah. actually take yeah. someone out like yeah. there were still lots and again these are still like made by just people like Hypnotist team was a dad and his two sons and the, it wasn't like the dad and his two sons were like 12, 13 years old they were full all adults but it was still a dad and his kids yeah like <laughs> <laughs> You had oh my god, just seeing that was just memor- mesmerizing. I remember going to school and going, "Did you see Robots on Friday? Did you see Hypnotist? What the hell was that thing? Oh my god, this thing was just destroying people." And he's a little kid. What do you want to see? Destruction. You want to see mayhem? <laughs> you want to see carnage? You want to see destruction? Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want to see. That's what you want. You don't want Robo just a gentle push and then goes into the corner and then the house robot does all the work you're like yeah that's fun but you, you want to see but you also this way you start seeing people who can actually drive yeah because the standard of driving of the robots dramatically increases yeah because no one can fucking drive in season one no <laughs> like god bless them no yeah. one can drive <laughs> but by the time you get to series three people are able to actually manipulate and move their robots about yeah. and like you also have um, another way of winning a fight I haven't really mentioned it but another way of winning a fight is if you haven't if you haven't killed your opponent your present killed you in the time allowed, it goes to the judges. There are three judges. They mark on four different criteria. Style, control, damage, and aggression. Now, I still... I've, I've looked up what style, I suppose, he refers to. Like, basically just being entertaining. Oh, is that what it is? Fundamentally, it's like so... Okay. Which I still think... I, I still... I've watched the show for so long. It's I've watched it multiple subjective times. subjective compared it's, to the other. I, I never I understood it as a kid. I never understood it as a kid. Because I assumed that it was all... Like, what does it mean? Like, does it look good? That's what I assumed it meant. Because they never actually explain they never in explain, the show. Like, yeah. they explain it in, like, things you can buy. Like, official, like, handbooks and manuals oh, and okay. shit. That's, that, well, actually, if you want that explanation, you would have to have bought a separate piece of merchandise. Very clever. <laughs> so, obviously, damage makes perfect sense. Aggression makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Control even makes sense. But style, like, what does that mean? It's very telling that they got rid of style for the rebooted series. Yeah. It's very, very telling. But it is the most... Subjective, I think. Like you can make any arguments, to be honest, for style. It's fucking nebulous. It's it's very nebulous, yeah. And there were some, as the series goes on, there were some uh, very interesting, controversial judges' decisions. But um, I don't want to dwell too much on any of them except for one. But we'll get to that. Uh, (laughs) So the power creep. So in series three, Chaos Two, which is an upgrade of the original Chaos from series two which in itself was a new robot driven and created by the same guy who wrote it. So George Francis. I've got to mention George Francis because this guy is just a phenom. Yeah. Like, put it this way. When I was a kid, the most, like, awesome, cool people that I thought in the world were Dennis Bergkamp, who played for Arsenal, and George Francis, the guy who made Chaos 2. <laughs> like, Tierra and me would show up and immediately replace. But yeah, George Francis was just ludicrous. He was the best driver, yeah. the best robot. He would just flip people over, clown, like 
First person to flip someone out of the arena. Yeah, he would just clown people. He would just clown on people with Chaos 2. Like, Robot the Bruce in the first series was this quite literal box on wheels that went at about four miles per hour. Somehow got all the way to... It, got to, it won its heat. I, I, I mean, that's the standard. It was just not even... In terms of, like, chronology, like, two years ago of mm. that. But fucking hell. Like, what he created with Chaos 2... In such a short space of time, yeah. like in terms of the iteration, yeah, it was really impressive. Yeah, like in, honestly, in seriously, it basically just—it's not even a, like when it's in when it's fighting, it wins. Like, I, yeah. and, and you pretty much never really any doubt in that series because it's just too good. Now there were other robots that there were flippy type things as well. I had like lifting arms. That was the thing that was a thing for the first couple of years. You had things that had like lifting arms. So like a big arm that would lift. It wouldn't be like, Hoop! it wouldn't just say flip you, but it would lift you and tip you. Mm. You know, you had things like the big cheese. It was much slower moving than lifting that. Yeah. You had the original incarnation of Firestorm, you had you know, which had lifting arms rather than actual like lift like flippers. You know, Cassius had like a front flipper, so it would just it would almost be like punching you. Instead of like whoop, it yeah. would be like whoopin'. I don't know, that's not very good in visual medium. I was going to say, we're in an audio medium and you just used the hand movement and the noise. <laughs> so I understand what you meant, but yeah. <laughs> sorry, yeah. listeners. Yeah, the set also changes like a little that, bit. The set, the set gets, better gets and better. upgraded with every season. Yeah. As the audience get bigger as well. Yeah, the audience increases. Um, the amount of safety measures they have to take increases. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, a lot. Yeah, but... You know, series three, the fu- the actual final battle, Chaos Two versus Hypnodisc, which is like clearly the producers wanted that, would have wanted that as a final because you've got the most powerfully destructive one and the best controlled and the best flippy one. Yeah, like that's what you want in a final. Like you're gonna, if you are gonna draw things out so they only meet each other in the final. I mean, why wouldn't you? I'm not saying they did, but I would understand if they did for the drama. Yes, yeah, because. That's what you want. You want the two baddest motherfuckers on the planet to throw down in the final battle. And that's what happened. But Chaos 2 won it very easily. <laughs> Series 4, though, Jesus Christ, power creep again. It wasn't just, like, a few robots that were objectively better than everyone else. Like, the standard had just increased. They took... They actually reduced the number of robots to 96. But by doing that, if anything, it actually increased the standard because they were less... Less just fodder. Yeah. Because there's always... In every, there's always a, like one or two just fodder that are there to essentially get clowned. Bless them, and we love them all. I love them all because they could do stuff that I can't do. Oh yeah, even the most basic of even those box robots yeah. from season one are still like impressive. Yeah, in that you can put something together and get her moving. Yeah, like well done. It's amazing. That's why I, I fell in love with it. Because like, how did someone make this insanity? But my god, series four, the power, it's the power creep. Um, series 4 also introduces the ref bot I still don't understand the point of the ref bot literally no point to the ref bot the ref bot is there to essentially like act as a ref but the actual I think the actual reason they have the ref bot is for example if people get stuck uh, next to each other the ref bot can come in like separate people like a boxing referee yeah but in terms of like counting people out that's done by the judge the judges decide that when something's counted out so they could just do that yeah like in the it makes it visually cluttered it does. Like, in the later seasons, they accomplish the same thing by... Yeah, they get rid of the, the house. Bot. The house robots do the separating, if yeah. need be. Yeah. And also, the judges, you can just... In the, in, the, in the reboot, you can just be like... They just pull away to no sharpie pressing a button. Yeah. <laughs> just literally pressing yeah. a button. And yeah. it's fine. Yeah. By the time you get to the fourth series, like, 
any robot that had like a little like, sort of you had so many robots in the first couple of series whose weapon to call it that would be like a spike people loved spikes but not it wouldn't be like you know the spike on the end of something it would just be uh, yeah this is our weapon it's it's a spike it's just a single st- spike yeah in some cases there was there was a robot called 101 which is built for they claim it was built for like a fiver I mean that's I'm guessing impressive. they found most of the parts in like a scrapyard and just yeah. took them but I mean, the, the actual fire probably would be spent on like maybe a, I don't know a motor or something but it's weapon when it happens like just a fucking spike like there at was, least in one version of it there's two types of spikes that I saw one was kind of I would call them like static spikes yeah. they're just sticking out of the robot yeah. in some way yeah. and the other is a pneumatic spike which like comes out and both of them I've never seen any damage inflicted by a spike yeah. and I've watched not quite as many episodes of Robot Wars as you, but quite whereas a significant seen, amount. Whereas I've seen every single episode at some point in my life. Of every Has a spike thing. ever caused damage? No. The only spikes that ever actually do damage in Robot Wars, like, in terms of actual like, damage, and it's not necessarily damage in the makes your robot like broken sense, but in the sort of fuck you troll sense would be in, in the arena, there would be arena hazards and the, one of the hazards would be like spike or a series of spikes that would just go up. And there were quite a few robots that would be straight up eliminated by driving over Spike. The spike just going whoop and knocking him over and just giving him a little tip. But, but yeah, that's more that's causing that's an imbalance. Yeah. That's the same as like driving over the flipper or something yeah. rather than like a spike as a weapon. I just never understood the appeal of a spike no, as a weapon. It never seemed. I always <laughs> was really excited by the idea of it as a kid because I was like, oh, it's gonna like. Go but if it, if it truly could, yeah, like puncture through. Oh, it'd be incredible. But that never happens. No, never. Never, ever, 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 ever happens. So disappointing. So disappointing. So very disappointing. It breaks my heart. But so, you know, you just want, you don't want anyone to like, you don't want any bad things to happen in some ways to some of these people, but it's just heartbreaking. But Series 4 also introduced as a way to like increase the, shall we say, watchability of each heat. It introduced a seeding system. So, like in, say, tennis, when you have, like, the Wimbledon Championships, they have, like, a seeding system. So, like, the number one seed would play, like, number 32. No, no, they play, like, an unseeded person. So, it's basically to keep the top people apart. They mm. do this in sports a lot. So, it's to keep the top people apart until later rounds. So, it, it basically means it rewards prior performance. Whether you like that or not is entirely your decision. But I think... I can understand why the show creators would have done it because there were mm. times in series three where some of the heat, some of the ropes were fucking useless comparatively. Yeah. And when they get into the, you know, the semi-finals, they basically were all the heat winners have to fight each other stage. There were some that were just getting embarrassed. Yeah, there were there were episodes where like the heats because they might have had a few of the really good yeah. robots together. Yeah. The heat is actually the more exciting yes. episode than the semi-final. Yeah. And that's not really what you want. No. So they introduced the seeding system, and I do think it worked. And also, it increased like the way if you knocked out a seed, if you're on a robot, it was it increased the level of drama. Yeah, it was I think a sensible call. There were some seeds that you did find yourself going, wait, how are they a seed? Like in series four, Razor, which is a fucking incredible robot, was the number three seed, despite the fact that it never got anywhere near actually winning a series because it won like the spin-off fucking world championship bollocks. Like, but it's a, but it, but it also it was a great robot. Yeah. It probably deserved that seat because <laughs> it had so many reliable. That's the thing. Great robots would lose a lot due to reliability issues. Yeah, like it's never like even if something was stu- well, as part of the charm of the show, anything could fucking happen. Yeah, 
And I find like it's it's interesting, even as the seasons, like even the reboot and stuff, there's always the chance that a robot's going to break itself or it's going to f- just fail. Yeah. And it won't like, as in like, it's not the opposition killing it is yeah. the problem. It just dies. Yeah. Yeah. Or it again, in the later seasons, it's too powerful for its own good yeah. and it destroys itself. <laughs> and like, that's funny. Like it's awful, but it is funny. Like, yeah. And that's how some robots, and a lot of robots seem to get through in some of those earlier ones as yeah. well. Like the other one is just worse. Yeah. Like in terms of how it's built rather yeah. than yeah. how it functions in battle. Yeah. Oh man. They also they changed the arena again for series four. And it's quite funny because like every, at the end of every battle, like in series three, the competitors are in like cherry pickers on each side yeah. of Craig Charles. <laughs> yeah. So like at the end of every battle, they like sort of ascend to meet him. It was glorious. But he doesn't like go up to them and so, with a microphone. He's like sort of like shouting over this fucking railing, like the, the neighbors in a block of flats. Yeah, it's very weird visually, very visual funny. framing, but it's very funny to watch. Like the ascension as you win. <laughs> they get rid of that for later seasons. They actually. Get it makes the, more sense for talking to people. Yeah, they actually come up to him again. And they talk to him in series four. Like the end of the battle, he comes out of this like back. There's like a door. That I think goes to the backstage. It's meant to look like I want to say like a submarine type thing. And he comes out of it in the end of every battle. So it's like he like sits in a little room and watches every fight in a separate room. It's just it's just really weird visually, but it's very entertaining. <laughs> and he comes out and he has a little chat with the team. He's like, oh, "How do you feel about winning?" Oh yeah, I did pretty well actually. Yeah, we're doing alright. Yeah. Do you think you can go all the way? Maybe. That's it. No one. I think so. This, to go back to the confidence issue, I do think it. it it, it, Certain people get it, a bit more cocky. They do, but but as an overall rule, it seems to creep a lot, creep up, not as much as not as fast as the power creeps up. Yeah. But it does slowly. People are a yeah. bit more, even when they're not that. No one's straight up saying like most of the time. Oh yeah, I'm going to lose. They're kind of like, oh, you never know. And, yeah. But it it and also people are very gracious in defeat. Yeah. Like as a broad again, there yeah. are some exceptions. People are so gracious in defeat, yeah. which is it's, lovely. Yeah, it's brilliant. And like people, people help. Like people would help all of the other robotiers yeah. out. Like say, say you got knocked out in the previous round. Like you go help other robots. Like you, you be like, because yeah. all these robots they will compete against each other in like the live circuit. They would sort of spring up. They would all compete against each other. They all knew each other. You know, they would like. You know, people would let like people would lend spare motors to other robots to keep it going for the next round. If you know they were already out. They, they, you know, they go and like help them do some welding. If it yeah. was absolutely mangled, it had to come back. It's fucking amazing for something that is competitive. Like, and I, I've said this a lot in the past, but like, why I like the vibe of like Great British Bake Off and shows like that because I don't tend to like reality television that much or historically. I have it's the same vibe. It's the same because people help each other and they're nice. Yeah, and they're not just being gals to each yeah. other. Um, and I really like shows yeah. that do that. That's the energy of yeah. it because I find the very high conflict things that are reality and not scripted I'm yeah. just very uncomfortable with them yeah. all the time <laughs> yeah we will get into it. like there is something that happens around the time of series 5 like when we talk when you when we mentioned that they do try and um, introduce what Kenobi described as um, I mean it's like pro wrestling yes they introduce a series like a spin-off series called Robot Wars Extreme. You did show me fifteen minutes of this before I found it intolerable. <laughs> it is absolutely nonsensical. I I don't like to be negative on this show. I don't. That's the whole point. But 
it, it's the reason I bring it up is because it's it's like they deliberately decided, okay, what if you make a show that is nothing in, in many ways, gets rid of all the camaraderie, gets rid of all the, you know, like, are you going to win this? Maybe not. What if we just throw all that out the window and make crap World Wrestling Federation? So here... Because that's what they did. Yes, but here's what I found about it. And maybe, maybe part of it is just being everyone is just too British for their own good. Yeah. Because... For all the like the trash talk, none of it feels because that's what it is. They're trying yeah. to force the trash yeah. talk. It either feels like kind of like a lads having the crap, yeah. but not meaning it. Yeah. Do you know, kind of like lads night out yeah. sort of energy, or it's just it's just they're too nice. It's like a it nice person trying not, to yeah, trash it's, talk, it's and horrible. It's, it's just not believable. It's genuinely like, it's aged. I think where it was extreme for the most part is aged so badly. Like any of that stuff, the only stuff that you can watch is like the mad stuff, where it's like tag team fighting, yeah, and like you know. The, chill, the little children control the robots instead. That sort of stuff, you can yeah. sort of see the point of. But, but it's too nice for the that. The vengeance battles. The fucking they're vengeance too, they are, battles. They're too nice. Oh, well, vengeance for what? Too nice Nothing. and polite to, for this, Awful. to be honest. The, the uh, Behemoth team, um, as the team who, there's a robot called Behemoth that appears in every single series ever except the first one. They just keep coming back. Yeah. Like, make robotics, just keep coming back with this robot. Because they like they had just so many like ridiculous losses, yeah. You know, in series three they were doing really well, and then they lost to a fucking spike. They got tipped over. It just spike. appeared. It's like ha ha. Very sad. They basically got trolled by the arena. They did get trolled by the arena, and it was very just sad depressing. Yeah. But in this robot was extreme. They were given something called the challenge belt, which is so obviously modelled off a of a yeah. wrestling belt. Oh yeah. Like just to give you an idea of inspiration, and then Aunt Pritchard, the leader of the team cuts what essentially is a shit promo and the poor guy uh, like he's just too nice he's too fucking likeable he's too normal yeah he's just a a normal guy too nice to be mean to be quite honest we are behemoth we've got the challenge but oh god this is painful like it's the sort of thing even as a kid you'd be like this isn't that exciting you're just like I'm just here for the fighting thank you I'm just just here for Craig Charles's insane tasseled leather thing that he's wearing yeah that was a good look but I'm, I'm, I'm here for robot fighting I'm not really here for uh, this crap wrestling promo and yeah it's I wish they'd never done it in many ways I wish they'd never done it or I wish they just kept it to the mad stuff like this I hate the venue because it, it, to me it's completely imagine if they did that in Bake Off Revenge Bakes you sabotage my scones so I'm going to make better flapjacks than so you so here's the thing there are moments like very memorable moments from Fake House and Gone for like a, at least a decade now, um, where there are like I, like oh you took like you took my ice cream out of the freezer and it melted like moments where you could have like conflict but everyone's still nice to each other at the end like no one hates each other and the closest thing to vengeance you have in Bake Off is the the sideshow that Joe Brand does. All right. The, whoever gets booted that week will come on and essentially yeah. do like the good version of what yeah. they're trying to make and bring it to her. Yeah. <laughs> so people can be like, no, I still can bake. It was just yeah. the timing or whatever yeah. it was. Mm. And that's kind of the closest thing yeah. I can think of on Bake Off to oh. that. But yes, it wouldn't make any sense. No, it'd be horrific. It'd be awful. It would be absolutely appalling. Paul bad. Hollywood judging like a grudge match of baking. Yeah. <laughs> See how stupid that sounds, just yeah. saying that, let alone actually seeing it. Yeah. But yeah, that was filmed at the same time as Series 5. Series 5 um, was, again, excellent. The power creep had crept up a bit more, but you had so many great robots. You had so many returning, great heroes returning. You had new robots or robots that had, 
What you what I also like seeing in each series, right? There will be certain robots that would appear multiple years in a row and get significantly better each yeah, time. Yeah, I really liked seeing that. There's a robot that gets to the last four or that gets to the fucking grand final show in the fight in the seventh series that had been like routinely like slapped out of the competition multiple rounds earlier, year after year, and then it gets all the way to the final four when they finally like get rid of the weapon that was shit and replace it with yeah. a dirty great spinning blade. And it's that's the sort of thing you love to see. That's the sort of thing that you don't necessarily get if you constantly just have a completely new feel every time. It's Yeah. You know, series five, the bigger brother team, that's a robot that had done okay ish in previous series, it'd been in a couple. But in series five it goes all the way to the final. Yeah. Like it's winning the eliminator match against Hypnodisc just before it is one of the most incredible pieces of television I've ever seen. Yeah, no, it's like amazing. it's actually like it's like something out of a movie. It's like fucking Rocky. It is like Rocky, yeah. It's a proper underdog wins fight. It's like it's genuinely like heartwarming. Yeah. And it's it's two it's two family teams. It's the yeah. Rose family again. But the bigger brother team is um Ian Watts' dad and, and his, his two little kids. His two genuinely adorable little kids. Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't have been much younger than me at the time. No, they were like eight and six or something yeah. like that, or nine and six. They were really little. Yeah, because they've been and competing a couple of years. They became second. Like. Yeah. Joe and Ellie Watts are so cute. <laughs> They're so sweet. Oh, my God. And like, in the, because, but it's really cute as well because at this point, uh, Joe was controlling the flipper. His dad was doing all driving, but Joe was hitting the flipper button. So it was genuinely father and son team, like yeah. just control. It's so so sweet. That's something that I think is so underrated when you look at it as a show. It's families competing and working together. Yeah. You know, regardless of Craig Charles just going mad, like with every single series, just getting more and more intense. Like the last three series, he is just screaming. Like he's practic- he's practically gladi- gladiatorial. The audience, yeah. I think, there must have been at least two, three hundred people in the studio it, at that point. Gladiatorial actually is is a pretty good word, I think, yeah. to describe it. Like sometimes yeah. getting people excited for the fight, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, as I say, it's very gladiatorial, but fundamentally, like so many of the teams are families. Yeah, parents and kids, like competing together to try and win a competition. Some of them would be mates. You know, it's. And it wouldn't be, you know, they wouldn't treat like the family team like a joke. No. They wouldn't be like, oh, the family team just here to make up the numbers. No, no, no. The, the, everyone, there was no, this team are incapable and cannot achieve anything. There was none of that. There were some teams that would come back year after year. And there was one team, the legendary Irish team, who brought in first Nemesis and then Deator. Son of Nemesis. And this robot, like, would occasionally do okay, win a couple of battles, but it would always end because it was covered in like fur. Like, it was like a running gag where it just ended up getting it set on fire. It was so flammable. Like, it had to be. It was so flammable. Like, people would show up every year to watch it get incinerated. Of course, there's no... Even if it won, it would get incinerated. Like, there's no way of not getting incinerated. It's covered in a fur-like fabric. (laughs) It's great fun. It's great fun. Just a couple of lads smiling, having the crack. Oh, yeah. Just getting melted. (laughs) (laughs) Then you have, like... You'd have robots. Like, he had one in the early show called Elvis, which was just this fucking weird thing with Elvis Presley head on the top of it. I I do think like the mad artistry of the original run, especially yeah. in like the heats, you yeah, know, like the week because Granny's Revenge. Exactly, like a lot of the successful robots are like particular shapes usually, yeah. like yeah. they're effective shapes, yeah. you know. But you do just see some like um, 
you know, it's like they pick a character. Like even Thermidor is a lobster mm. and like a very well, like it's aesthetically very yeah. nice looking. It's a fucking lobster though. Exactly. <laughs> but those kind of things. And like, yeah, yeah like Elvis, uh, Granny's Revenge, all those things yeah. are trying to be like a cartoon character essentially yeah. in robot form. Yeah, shit like the creature, which is similar to a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> then you have stuff like the Grim Reaper where they'd have some guy just as the Grim Reaper just standing. I do support that. I do support the theatre. Yes. Yeah. There are fun. a lot of very silly theatrical teams. There's a team that's in the revival series called Nuts, which is just an absurd concept. That I will say this. The arc, the narrative arc of Nuts yeah. is sensational. Yeah, it's very similar. Like Nuts has a narrative arc that's very similar to a lot of the robots. They, yeah, the over the three series. seasons that they're there. The yeah. changes to the yeah. even the team dynamics. Yes. Yeah. I'd, they're they're a great team to watch. Yeah. Even though when you first see them, you're like, "What yeah. is this nonsense?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. So, series five after series five, when they get to series six and seven, um, by this point you have video games, nice. which were shit. Like they were crap. Did you own one? No, I played one at a friend's house. And was like, this is shit because it it felt like it was not like they had one called Arenas of Destruction where you have like they just have like here's the thing. You'd assume that you'd have all of the robots from the TV series, like FIFA. That's what I. That's what you would assume yeah. as a kid. Like, okay, yes. because I mean, as now I think, okay, would they have signed a contract with like the image rights who'd have been able to? Because quite a few robots were also part of the merchandise, the toy line. There was a fucking toy line of it. I okay. had a Matilda. I had a Matilda. Well, then, if you have the, was it only the house robots? Though, no, there were a it? few of the competitors like uh, Panic Attack, Chaos Two, Razor, Hypnodisc. The classics, yeah. Wild Thing, I think, was one as well. Oh, wow, I think it was great. Um, but you, in this game, you had like three, and the rest of them were just like generic fucking bots made by the, the game developers. How shit is that? How fucking shit is that? And like, you know, you can't even. Uh, I mean, who wants that? Who you wants want that? robot FIFA? You want robot FIFA? That's what you want. You want like every robot that's ever competed. There were like a hundred odd robots. There's more teams in FIFA than that. You know. And even the way they drove in the game was nonsensical. And the house robots in the game, like, Sakilalot's fucking head would come off every fight, it felt like. <laughs> but this, like, it's just the physics engine, it just doesn't work. Yeah. As a game, it should. When was this, around 2005? 2001. Oh, 2001. Okay. Oh, 2005 was off air, so it wouldn't have been I keep sense. forgetting that it, it's, this it's, whole it's thing. much tighter in time than, like, one per year. Yeah, this whole, would... whole thing, like, this whole entire robots thing was done by 2004. That's wild. It started in 19... It was done by 2004. That is actually shocking. <laughs> yeah. The Series 6, again, is... Series 6, again, is excellent in terms yeah. of the robot. What they were weirdly doing, though, with the later series is they weren't putting them first on BBC2. They were showing them on BBC Choice, which would eventually evolve into BBC3. Oh, okay. But they would show them there first, but then they would also show multiple episodes during the week. They would repeat it, like, a lot... Yeah. Like in the earliest series, series, like Robot Wars was repeated like two or three times a week. I think that's how I ended up seeing a lot of Robot yeah. Wars was on repeat, it was repeated to be honest. So many times during the week. So before the next episode it, you'd had multiple chances to see. Yeah. T V was a bit more like that back yes, then though. There was a lot more repeats during the but week. But again, millions of people were watching, so I think that's the justification yeah. they wanted to get even more viewers. Like the merchandise was pulling in big money as well. I think they made a Guardian there's a Guardian article apparently that I say apparently there's a Guardian that said they were making of like a hundred million. Nice. Like they they mental made a lot of dosh off the merchandise. The two video games that came out were both bollocks. Well, there were other ones on the Game Boy as well. But they were all shit. Like they were all crap. There's never been a great robot fighting video game in this sense of 
but yeah, I won't go too much into that. Cause, um, there were also some. There was also like at some point there was a celebrity special. Would you like to know some of the competitors? Yes, I would because I heard them mention it at some point, or yeah. you mentioned. But there it, were two. There was one for the revival series, but in the original series, I think had... there was one for the revival. So we need to watch that now as well. Oh, obviously, no, we don't. Okay, trust I, I me. Trust you. The actual quality of the fighting is so bad. Okay. Because obviously they can't drive. They're really crap drivers. Oh yeah, yeah. Scott Mills is not sense. a good driver. Fair enough. Because why would he be? Yeah. Like you don't know, he could have a secret robot track. No, they're not even building it. So you had, so in the original series celebrity special that they did, they had people driving like actual known robots. So you had one had Vic Reeves. Nice. There are only a couple like Vic Reeves driving Deer Tour. Nice. Um, <laughs> his, his, just to give you an idea, like he's very British. You had Vic Reeves. You had Shane Lynch from Boyzone. Very good. Um, you had five. Lovely. Four of them driving a disco. All Inferno. of them together. Yeah. Right. There's only four of them though. Makes it even better. <laughs> Fucking Adam Woodger, aka Ian Beale from EastEnders, here to compete yeah. in a match against um, Natalie Cassidy, aka Sonia from EastEnders. Yeah, I know who I know who the EastEnders people are of this era. I yeah, actually you do. do. Yeah. The audience might not. That's true. You forget this is a this is going out to an oh, audience. Sorry, I forget that you're not just talking to me. <laughs> yeah. So you had this little special. Um, Adam Woodger, he won his special. He was driving Pussycat. Which is a great little robot, absolute nightmare of a fucking thing to watch. What a weird robot that oh, is. Oh yeah, Shape-wise. that used to fascinate me. Yeah. So, what like it had like a three thousand RPM little spinning saw thing, which was very powerful, but the actual shape of it was demented. Yeah. I loved it. Cause it, was, it was so weird. It's almost pyramidal in its shape. Yeah. It was very <laughs> odd. Yeah. I mean, in the revival. Oh god, it's just some of the people had in the revival special. The revival special. As in the revival celebrity special, what they did was they had two. They got roboteers to build them robots based off like like specification and designs. Oh, okay. And so they will have like a like a robot mentor, and then the celebrities doing all the driving. And so like it's like like a strictly come robot. Yeah, it's fucking painful. <laughs> okay. Like the actual quality of the fighting is painfully bad. Because the driving is so shit. You need, yeah, you need to be good at driving. It's for rude, it to be. Like, you can have the best robot, but if you don't drive it I mean, well, it's you just... know, Scott Mills, Robbie Savage, um, the Brownlee brothers, who are British athletes. Okay. You know, it's yeah, it's not fun. I only know who Scott Mills is. That it's is not fun to watch. <laughs> See, BBC did something really stupid after Series Six. They fucking decided they didn't want to do it anymore. So it got Channel Five got involved instead. I so I was going to ask you about this. Yeah. I was going to ask you about this, and because I wasn't sure, like I knew it moved to Channel Five. Was it kind of like uh, BBC? BBC said they didn't want. Yeah, it that's what Mentor would say. That's rather what say. than they like, wanted like a change. Okay, rather than like fi- I've not Channel been Five to... hunting it down. No, 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 no. They weren't necessarily hunting it, but Channel Five obviously were very aware that it was Brains hit, merchandise hit. Yeah. So Series Six also introduced new house robots because merchandising. Now I've shown you. Mr. Psycho. I don't care for the new house robots. And Growler. I'm going to consider them apocryphal. Yeah, fair enough. There's a reason they didn't bring them back. And to be honest, there's probably people listening to this who want a nice little nostalgia here or to reminisce who may not even fucking remember Mr. Psycho and Growler. And you shouldn't because Mr. Psycho is just like, what if bigger than Sakilalot but shit and looks like an idiot? But he is just like functionally very like Sakilalot. Yeah. But he's nowhere near as iconic because why you don't want something that's like Sigillot in any way. Yeah. You'd, if anything, if you were going to introduce a new house robot, you want something like smaller, faster, flatter, but with like 
a giant fucking like spinning death saw on it. Yeah, like what's interesting about the basically carbide the from original the series. Yeah, <laughs> what's good about the original set of house robots is all their weapons and kind of setups are very different from mm. each other. Whereas when they brought in those kind of two and then three new house robots, they they are repeating a bit what's already been done. Yeah, I, Mr. Psycho just seems like a shit version of Killer. Growler is a little bit different. Growler's faster and it has like giant clamping things, but it's more we don't need them. Yeah. No one was asking you for have new five house robots. Already, yeah. You have five. And then they introduce another one in the seventh series. Cassius Chrome, which is one of the ugliest fucking things I've ever seen in my life. To look at, yeah. Haunting. Absolutely haunting. Like a nightmare. Yep. Series six and seven have uh, both have in their own ways controversial final battles as well. <laughs> like the power creep again is insane. Like every basically every even the fodder ones are powerful as fuck. Yeah. Even robots that would have got knocked out in the first battle in series six or seven probably would have won the first two, maybe even three series quite easily. Yeah. That's how fast the power creep has gone up. Series seven's hilarious. There's a great stat about the semi-finals. So there were sixteen heats in series seven. 11 of the heat winners were flippers. And the, by this point, the flippers were flipping people 15 feet in the air. They were just... People were getting thrown out of the arena for fun. Something that would happen once every, like, series. It was happening two or three times an episode, almost. There was, there was this one called Gravity, which is from Holland, which is ridiculous. Wheelie Big Cheese, which is another incarnation of something called The Big Cheese, was just launching people to ridiculous heights. The various incarnations of Firestorm, which is a fucking great little robot... You know, Dan Tomkia, again, great robot. But 11 out of 16 were flippers. Guess yeah. how many get to the grand final? One. None. Because oh, yeah. the four grand finalists, none of them, there's four of the five that were not flippers. They're the ones who get to the final battles, which is hilarious when you think about it. 11 flippers, not one of them could get to the final four. <laughs> so Series 6, um, Razor versus Tornado in the final. I mean, Tornado pulls what Kenobi described as a giant troll on Razor with its giant pneumatic crushing device, which had just crunched people for years and years and years. Razor is not massive hit. It's control, crunch. Very accurate. Very accurate. Slow, grinding pain and suffering. Relentless. Yeah. Yeah. Tornado, for many people, was just, quote, a box on wheels. The controversy, I mean, (laughs) Tornado puts on this giant sort of metal structure around itself that's so wide Razor can't really get near it it's one of the most fucking unbelievable pieces of shithousery I've ever seen ever and yes and yes perfectly legal perfectly legal because they declared it beforehand it's incredible they brought out Noel Sharkey and everything to say this is fine (laughs) yep the head judge is okay it is such a shithouse move I loved it oh yeah it's (laughs) It's it's Big unbelievable. Respect. They the kept l- it hidden for the whole series, yep. and then they were like, "And look, <laughs> we have a spinning disc that requires this frame for yeah. support." <laughs> but let's fu- like, but you fucking knew as soon as you watched, you were like, "That's yeah. not." It the, was the a disc defensive is, mechanism. Yeah, it it's pure defense because they never yeah. used it ever again, ever in the next series. You just didn't even use no, it. No, didn't need it. Didn't need it, and it's unbelievable. Like tornado is such an interesting case because tornado is essentially, for the most part. It just uses itself to push people about. It's just a bully. Yeah. It's just a little box that bullies people into the sides of the walls and just pushes people around. It's like the it's like the final form of the little boxes that moved about in the first or second series. And it's fucking incredible to watch. Yeah. The producers, though, let's just say the producers um, were not as keen on this sort of vibe 
This powerful box robot. Yes. Ride. So in series seven, a robot who comes through something called the New Blood Championship. They did like a little part. I think it was part of the second version of Extreme. It was like loaded new robots. They all fought each other. The winner would automatically qualify for the next main series. It's one by a robot called Storm Two. Now Storm Two is essentially. I mean, they described it almost as a full body hammer. It, it, the original version didn't have any weapons. It was just ridiculously fast, 25 miles an hour top speed, which was the fastest robot in the game by a distance. Yeah. And it was just a big, thick boy that would just would just drive Slam into you and you into pulverize you yeah. into the wall again and again and again. Now, some of the producers genuinely were like, that's boring to watch. They, they thought that people would find that boring. Oh, okay. This... Yeah. There, there was, uh, you know, I'm not saying there was a conspiracy. That's not what I'm saying. But there was definitely, you know, there was a rule change that every robot had to have, quote, an active weapon. Oh, unquote. really? Yes. Oh, okay. For the seventh series. That's interesting. So. So that's why they have that flipper. That's why that arm, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the only reason they have it. That makes sense. Yeah. Because you couldn't just be a... Oh, it can't be a box on wheels. Who wants to see someone drive someone into a wall over and over again, smashing them into something, causing lots of internal damage? That's boring. No, we want to see someone mildly, like, get flipped. Because, you know, smashing someone into something, pulverising someone into a wall is apparently something that nobody enjoys watching. And also, I mean... That Every is, action that film is would also, disagree. That is also reductive because, like, there are lots of things to drive people into in the arena. Yeah. There's house robots. There's, um... Grind, like, yeah, there's loads um, of that. Grinders, there's the spikes, there's the flames, there's the pit, there's lots of things I to damage people with. I would much rather see someone drive someone into a wall at top speed with epic control than, you know, driving them into a house robot. I think that's way more impressive. Yeah, no, I agree. As a piece of driving skill. But if you're looking for variety, yeah. there is opportunity there's for variety. Yeah. yeah, there's loads of variety. Storm 2 was an absolute fucking monster in that series. Storm 2 managed to get someone out of the arena by just powering them into a wall so hard they tip over. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's the level of power that the show gets to. A robot just charges at someone and just makes almost makes them throw themselves out. That's fucking absurd. One of the most ridiculous things. Of it. It's incredible. Like, just as a concept. And here's the thing. I didn't see the seventh series when it was on because it was on Channel 5. Yeah. And they punted it around the schedule like a football. So... I didn't see Series 7 until like four, five, six years later because it was just out of my consciousness because we're on Channel fucking 5. So when I did see it, because people had uploaded it to YouTube, various like rips had been uploaded to YouTube that people had just been holding on to for years because not like it was getting repeated, the seventh series, because again, it's on Channel 5. Yeah. They also introduced cash prize. They would repeatedly mention, Craig they Charles do, would yeah, say yeah. there was a five grand winning, well, there was a 20 grand prize pot, I think five grand went to the winner. Where did the other 15 grand go? I think three grand went to one is up. Um, everyone got 50 quid at least as prize money. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, because there was a lot of robots competing in that series. I think, there was, I think there was more. I think it was like 120 something again. Something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, the final of Series 7. <laughs> All right, fuck, I'm just going to say it. Storm 2 was robbed. <laughs> Storm 2 was robbed. It was fucking robbed. And I, I am going on, I'm going on record saying that Storm 2 was robbed. And I hope that the producers and the judges... I think the judges have apologised to them. In the oh, series. really? Yeah, because I think... Yeah, there was... But yeah, the final of Series 7, it's a fucking incredible thing to watch. Yes. Like, 
This is no hate on the other robot, by the way. Typhoon 2, great robot. Great robot. Great fucking robot. Full body spinner, clowning people. Absolutely clowning people. Oh my God, people would hit it once and just be like, dead. But in that particular fight. But Storm 2 was like the perfect counter battle because it wouldn't... It was. It could take the beating without easily. much damage. And it would just is, it would just yeah. hunt you down. Like, you try and run away from Storm 2, it just it's hunts so you down. Yeah, it's so And fast. it's well-driven as well. It could easily, if it was badly driven, it would just overshoot, it would miss, it wouldn't oh, yeah. be very effective, but it's so well-driven, it's fucking terrifying. Like, if you were driving a robot and Storm 2 was trying to chase you down, it's fucking terrifying, because I think you can't get away from it. It's fucking relentless. If it gets into you, bosh, against the wall, and, like, again and again and again. And that, I don't care what anybody says, that is impressive to watch. Yes. That is way more impressive to watch than me, to me than one flip out of the arena. And don't get me wrong, that's impressive. But to be able to repeatedly just control someone like that, just not allow anyone room to... You're suffocating them. Tornado used to do the same as well. It would just suffocate yeah. robots. I would look and go, how is this robot beating all these robots with like giant flippers? They would just fucking beat the shit out of them. Yeah, you don't give them a chance. You would just pound them into the wall again and again and again. It's fucking amazing to watch. That's way hard. I think it's way harder than getting one lucky hit. Way harder to do. Because your thing's got to be durable as well. Like, your engineering has got to be on yeah. point. You have to be able to stand up to the beating of yeah. a lot of these things. Especially yeah. spinners and things. Yeah. Because they're very hard to... Mm. You'll just get knocked. The kinetic energy will just knock you off course. Unless yeah. you can really take the hit. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's mad. Oh, but yeah. The judge's decision at the end of Series 7 will, like... If you've never seen it before, because again, it's on Channel 5, you might not have seen the series. There are people, I know there are people who are watching this who straight up have no idea there was a series on Channel 5. I know this because I spoke to people years later and they're like, there was a series on Channel 5? Like, yes. And most of the robots in it are fucking awesome. You should definitely watch it. But if you've never seen the finale of the seventh series, even just watch the final battle. Don't even watch the whole thing. It is, it's carnage. The arena gets broken like twice or something. Yeah. Yeah, the arena gets broken. They have to stop the fight. Um, it's mad. It's absolutely fucking bananas. <laughs> but yeah, it ended in a bullshit decision, which I'm still. I'm, I'm not even met any. I'm not. I'm not affiliated with the Storm team. I'm not. I, I don't know them. But they were robbed. They were robbed. They basically lost on a, essentially a technicality. Um, style. <laughs> not even a technicality. In my opinion, I feel like the producers were almost looking for an excuse because you know we can't let a fucking wedgebot win it again. It's like, well, if it's better than everyone else, why does it matter? Yeah. It's ridiculous. So after that series, just it doesn't come back because the viewing figures were lower. Channel 5 didn't want to do it. So that was it. It's really depressing because loads of times on that show, they'd be like, oh, you come back next year. I know. And yeah. it just didn't happen. And, and I, watching it now, watching it season seven, would be like, you come back next year. And they're like, yeah. And then you're like, but they... Yeah, we're definitely coming back. They We've never got, did. Yeah, <laughs> like Firestorm, you want to come back again and lose in the fucking semi-finals yeah. or the, like... Not even get ah, oh, Firestorm, eh? Always the bridesmaid, never, never the, bride. the bride. But yeah, some of my favourite robots from all of that. Like, I mean, I've mentioned a few, but I've got to shout out Wild Thing, I've got to shout out Razor, Chaos 2, Panic Attack, because the original incarnation of Panic Attack is just a big yellow, it looks like a big yellow rectangle with some random lifting prongs, but it was really well driven and could give people a good shove. Yeah. Like, but that's, that was enough. Like, that was enough to win. If you could drive sensibly, and had a bit of power, you were like in with serious chance. And yeah, they didn't expect to win because the robot they beat in the final, Cassius, was the best robot. Was the objectively, yeah. in my opinion, that was the best robot in the whole of that series. And frankly, 
you know. It's down to the driving then, you know. Yeah, Kim Davis, yeah. better driver, legend. But yeah, I know I mentioned controversial decisions just then. There were a few others throughout the series. There were a few that were... But that one was just jaw-droppingly mm. bullshit. Like, some of them you could argue either side. I mean, there was another bit of fuckery in the semi in the match before the final where Tornado fought Storm 2. There was a point, I showed you it, they hit the pit release button, so the pit starts lowering when Tornado's literally on it, and then it goes back up. So yeah, I agree. But I also think because it was the ref bot that hit the pit release, is that, that why they put it back up? I don't mean... Because that is what happens. Like, that is how it got hit. I think if it gets hit, it gets hit. I don't... Fair that enough. wouldn't... Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt. But, yeah, I, but it's I just, agree. Just if there's something about it that I just found really sketchy. I'm like, hmm... Like, mm. But yeah, I know I mentioned the merchandise. I should also mention one of the stars of the show. He hasn't got enough love yet. Jonathan Pierce. Yes. Jonathan Pierce does commentary for every single episode of both the original and revived series. So there's only two people that are on screen or, or heard in every episode. One of them is himself. The other one is Professor Noel Sharkey, who is the head judge for the entire run and revival run. Jonathan Pierce, any other commentator... Now, Jonathan Pierce is a football commentator by trade. He worked for Capital Radio for years. He started working for the BBC. He was on Match of the Day. That role, under almost any other person, could have been a disaster. Mm. But he is so into it. He yeah. He gets the vibe. He's so fun. He is having the time of his fucking life. He takes his already, like, manic enthusiasm and energy levels from his football work and just... He just goes to town. He's, you know, he does, like... He's, like... He puts emphasis on certain words. It's almost like he's, like, a panto villain at times. He starts laughing at, like, ridiculous... You know, he'll be saying, like, oh, is this rope standing up to well? And then he'll just, like, explode in front of him and he's just start laughing. Yeah. Like, he doesn't take it too seriously. No, no, he's he puts, having fun. Like, he, honest, he, he, he puts it very clear that it's a proper competition, but he's not putting it like it's, you know, the Champions League final where there's millions of pounds online or whatever. It is fundamentally a laugh. Yeah. At the same time. But, you know, he'd always keep you, you know, like a sport, proper sports commentator, keep you abreast of the rules, any sort of, it would, you know, what the judges look for. That was one of the most perfect pieces. It's one of the most perfect pieces of casting. Yeah. Like, that's so the one that could easily have been the most problematic and terrible. At no point was never no point was there any doubt that he'd be the commentator when they brought it back in two thousand sixteen. No doubt. If they'd have put anyone else in, it wouldn't have worked. No. I mean they did take a massive gamble when they brought it back by not bringing back Craig Charles. I'm quite surprised still that they didn't, because don't get me wrong, I really like what Dara Breen and Angela Scanlon bring to it. Mm. But I do understand why people were like, well, why didn't you bring back Craig Charles? I think maybe he just didn't want to. He absolutely did. Oh, he would then have done that, it. that's very interesting. He would, absolutely would have done it. He'd said on multiple random... He said like, like through the keyhole. Like they had did the revive version of Through the Keyhole. I, yes, I, I and watched many yeah, episodes were, of the revival of Through the Keyhole. He was said on camera, like, he'd do it again. He showed the original... The, the, he wore this insane leather jacket they made for him for the last two series of it, which had there was basically like Robert always branded jacket with like random patches of like shunt, activate, three, two, one. Yeah. You know, cease. <laughs> that looked very, very like, you know, on brand. But he still had it. He would have done the revival happily. He would have done it immediately. That is an interesting choice then. Yeah. But the vibe of the revival is very different. It's a bit more sedate. 
It's a bit more yeah. quite grown up. It is a bit more grown up, actually, yes. Yeah. Like, it's still a lot of fun. Yeah. There's still a lot of nonsense. But you know what it is about the revival there's that a lot makes of generic, it more grown up? There's a lot up? of delightfully generic metal riffs in the music. Of course. Well, you have that throughout. Yeah. You know? But I think with the with the revival, you have those little education sections. Yeah. With the judges teaching you things. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes it a bit more grown up and yeah. also like Dara O'Brien has you know his kind of like side gig of yeah. being like science man he does have a, is he, does he have a degree in physics or some he, sort of physical I subject? think it's physics but like yeah, yeah it's, it's one of those and he does um like the podcast with Brian yeah. Cox and yeah. things about they try to make it a bit more overtly STEM it well, yeah it, I think there's much more of an emphasis in the revival on like getting people into engineering yeah <laughs> Like I think there's a there is a push. Yeah. But and which comes from the roboteers themselves quite yeah. a lot of the time actually. But um there that is, is brought up in the original show that as you yeah. mentioned there are quite a few teams that will say stuff like, Oh, you know, you know, we got into engineering like you know, if other people were inspired, that's great. Like mm. you know, there'd be teams with girls in it who said like, we'd like let's get more girls into engineering. Yeah, yeah. actually you are right, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. too. But they didn't bring back Philippa Forrester either, which I was a little bit gutted about from my own personal bias. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I would have also been fine if they brought back um, Julia Reed or Jane Middlemiss, who, well, Julia Reed filled in because Philippa was pregnant. I think she did the same again. I think she might have been pregnant when they did the seventh series, so Jane Middlemiss took the job for that. I might be wrong, but they didn't bring either of those back. So they brought in the all Irish team of yeah. Dara Breen and Angela Scanlon. They're both loving it. Like, they're, like, yeah. they're not like screaming at the audience like they're not like yeah. on a podium or like a, I will like say a, the there are times when different. Angela Scanlon especially that last season of the reboot she's so excited yeah she's loving it she's so excited about those fights like yeah. shouting in the in their little viewing yeah. room like yeah they spent because they would spend quite a bit of time like getting yeah. to know the teams because there were way less teams the field is dramatically cut back to pretty much, well, there's only 40 in the first two Revival series. way less episodes as well. well yeah, because like the first series, there's only like six episodes. Yeah. Um, you get a few returning teams. You get individuals who return, but with different things, like um, Ian Watson, the Bigger Brother team, was in a couple of them. You remember the Swarm? Oh, yeah. That's Ian Watts. That's that oh. guy. Oh. With one of his other children and a couple of students from, because he's a university lecturer. Oh. I prefer Bigger Brother. Yeah, Bigger Brother was actually good. The Swarm is well, shit. Well, you know me. I just hate a cluster bot. Yeah. I like actively. That's don't something like that them. would come up a lot in the later series. You get like cluster bots. They're never effective. No, because they're not big enough to hit any of these. Yeah, up. they they're don't just, have the heft. They don't have enough heft or power. Yeah. The Swarm was a fucking madness. There was four like, of them. There is. I can see in where. In a hundred kilogram weight limit. I can see where in your head you're like. I can see why these like say like a, a series yeah. of cluster bots would be effective, but. The level of coordinated team driving you would need yeah. is nigh on impossible. Yeah. Like, it's, that's the problem. Yeah. It's, again, it comes down to the driving. You can technically swarm yeah. a bigger robot, but everyone needs to be, like, yeah. mind-melded yeah, together yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to really get it to work. And that's why I'd, I'd really just invest in the one big robot, yeah. you know? <laughs> but like the original series, a lot of family teams. A lot yeah. of family teams. Especially when you compare it to the... Like, there are family teams in the American version, but not as many. Now, BattleBots... The, so, in America, there's a show called BattleBots. Um, their revival, which started pretty much the same time as the revival of uh, Robot Wars, the um, money and power in those robots is... Much higher. <laughs> terrifying. It's real big. <laughs> it's, like, military-grade shit. Like, I genuinely oh, think... Oh, frequently there's military-grade yeah, shit. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's pretty much weapons of war at that point. Yeah, yeah. 
the actual combat on it is insane and if you want to see some mad combat like watch that show immediately yeah skip all the preamble because my god the pre it's just not it's they treat it much like a serious sports broadcast and i don't it's not as fun but the actual fighting in it is incredible yes oh my god some of the feats of engineering these people have created but you see a few familiar faces as well but some of the feats of engineering are the, but the weight limits are higher. The budgets are so much. Well, yeah, there's higher. corporate spot. There's sponsorship by like there's loads of sponsors. Yeah, quite a few people are just basically competing on behalf of their own engineering firms and shit. It's yeah. wild. Whereas, like the even in the new series, like the 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 mega expensive bots in the British ones, I would say are probably my guess would be would be like cheap maybe, shit. Well, I was gonna say standard. Yes. For the American level. Um, well, there's one that um, rapid. The most expensive bus. Yeah, that would be like the only one that is comparable price-wise to any of the American ones. Yeah, I would say so. And that robot was so over-engineered, it couldn't be fit. Oh, it essentially again broke itself. Yeah, ridiculous. It was too protected to be fixed. Yeah. Without like yeah. days and days of yeah. whatever. Couldn't if I had one criticism hours. of the Revival series, it would be the level of... They would be they like allow robots that were made for what would appear to be about £40 in against robots that had clearly had been made by like serious actual engineers who'd spent actual thousands on them and it wouldn't even be like a legitimate contest yeah. there'll be there's a few quite a few of those however the, the range is yeah in the same like it's not that you should necessarily put a budget range on it but in the way that there's a weight limit yeah. to make sure that you don't have like a 200 kg robot yeah. coming down on something that's 70 kg yeah like, which there's no contest there um, yeah, the 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 difference. Um, although some of them do it purposefully in that new season, like yeah. I'm thinking of the guy from Crackers Nuts. and Smash. Oh no, I wasn't thinking it. But you know, jellyfish. The jellyfish. I was like, the oh. guy who, but his point was that anyone can make a robot yes. out of just like random household shit. Yes, but that we were sort of overdosed <laughs> for that. I was made of fucking wood, yes. and that, that it just got minced, and it wasn't even. Yeah. Exactly. It wasn't like but it was put in a fight. I don't think they ever thought they were going to like win. I think I yeah. think it was the point of being like, but you can do it. You yeah. should try engineer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was the goal rather than doing a big win. Whereas yeah. like your carbides, they're doing a big win. Yeah. Your Apollos, they want to yeah. do a big win. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah, the revival is a lot of fun. It's a bit more, a little bit more straight ahead, a bit more, a bit more serious. It's not like it becomes completely po-faced and stupid. No. Because again, you have stuff like the some of the robots. You, there's a robot in, that appears in series eight called Gabriel that is sensational. Just what? That's exactly what the sort of no, that is exactly the sort yeah. of thing that would have fit in in the original series. Yes, I can see. I was very confused by Gabriel until like, we went back and watched the older episodes, and then I was like, oh, I see how this came about now. Yeah. I understand the inspo for this. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in comparison to every other robot in the, because again. There's like particular shapes, particular weapons that yeah. clearly are just effective, and that's why people go for yeah. them. And so when you do see something that is completely because nuts is the same, you're yeah. like, how on earth did you conceive of this? Yeah. Um, but if you look, if you watch the old, like the much earlier series, particularly where everyone is just throwing shit at the wall because yeah. no one's really figured out what works yeah. the best yet, yeah. then you understand where the inspo came from. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Gabriel is. A magnificent nonsense. Oh god, just just thinking about Gabriel is just oh, the Collius family. That was it. I was trying to remember the names. The Collius family. So it's basically a dad and his legion of children. And this dude, he liked to dress up. Children. Yeah, this dude was a character. Yes. 
like a proper extension. He looked like Caractacus Potts. Like, that's the vibe you get. Like Caractacus Potts from fucking Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. But it's like I've got I've got big love for that team. I've yeah, got yeah. Big love for I I loved the originality of the design and everything. It was like so it's so hard to like actually hit any of the internal mechanisms. It's so yeah. high up. Defensively, it's just a one nightmare. of the best robots. It's just like this weird. Glorious the nonsense. amount of damage it. itself can inflict also quite low though. Yeah, not the highest. It could. Yeah, it like, could. It could it give could. it a big bonking because it's basically just. I mean, it's like a giant fucking sword. Yeah. On this sort of like base with these giant wheels. I, I think they made it out of some really bendy material. I can't remember what it is, but it's not a material that just like explodes. I think it is a type of polycarbonate, yes. but it is very flexible yeah. so that it absorbs the shock of a hit. Yeah. So it doesn't smash. It yeah. Kind of it's. Just, Bends with it and comes back. Yeah, to actually, what's it? High density polyethylene, I think, is the actual. Oh, okay. Yeah, high density polyethylene. That's it. It's stuff like that is just delightful. You know, it's fun seeing a, a ten billion RPM spinner that one hit kills people. Yeah, that is fun. Like as a feat of engineering, it's great fun. That's not like a pulsar when it worked, or you know, a carbide. Which always worked because it was actually engineered by like what can only be described as actual engineering geniuses. Yes. Seeing that sort of stuff, where it like spinners like that were legitimately six, seven times more powerful than Hypnodisc, conservatively six, seven oh, times yeah. more powerful. Seeing stuff like that, that's always fun. I love it. I'll always love it. But mad shit like Gabriel, mad shit like nuts, which is essentially just a, yeah, just a flame. Like that's it. Like the arc of nuts, where it was a joke. And then it was still kind of a joke. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's getting to the final. It's like a sniper. Because it's actually very effective. Because yeah. they, they did some like magic with the drive yeah. function in it. Um, so that they could like spin and move more effectively. Yeah. And you were like, oh, what? And it was hitting parts of robots that Just other robots could can't not even be hit. Hit. Yeah. You know, it was hitting like internal mechanisms of robots that most of it can't even get near. It was just magic, magic to watch, and like what a great, like yeah. again, what a great underdog oh, yeah. story. They're the, the actual, joke team. Oh yeah, the actual best series. It might actually be the last, last one. Yeah. Like if you just want to watch an entertaining competition, just the format of it is really great. The tenth series is legitimately, it's incredible. Like the final again, it's like rocking. It's fucking amazing. The final includes a ten robot rumble. <laughs> which they were plugging from episode one yeah. they were like there will be a 10 robot rumble for the wild card space in the final <laughs> and I was so hyped the whole time we were every time yeah. you mentioned it I was like oh my god yeah. um, and it did not disappoint it yeah. was fucking great <laughs> it was great the arc and again the narrative arc of that 10th season yeah. and like who goes on to win there's their so whole many story genuinely is- wholesome stories in it Oh, it it's was amazing. so satisfying. It's amazing. It was it, so good. Yeah, it's like I, I'm not even kidding when I say if you've never seen the Reviver series or because here's the thing: Tent series is barely advertised. Like BBC basically given up on it. Like it was ridiculous. They went from all in advertising for this are you saying I think Road Wars is back Sunday night, boom, 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 to practically throwing out like it was a fucking Aww. disappointing child. Ridiculous. Because the tenth series is incredible. Yeah, they they cracked the format really well. Yeah. Like it was just the best of all the bits of it. Yeah, it was a very tight series. Yeah, like really, like it's not like there's like four hundred robots you got to no, like learn it was about. Really good. But yeah, it's oh, what a way to end. Like if that is the last series of it, what a way to fucking go. Yeah, what a way to go. Uh, yeah. Oh dearie me, I've we've talked a lot. I feel like I, here's the thing. 
in many ways, have only really scratched the surface. Yeah, we could talk about Robot Wars. I we could do, do a whole side podcast about Robot Wars. There are multiple already, so there's I, no need to do that. No, no, but I'm saying we could. <laughs> we could. We have enough thoughts. I've got enough thoughts about each individual episode, but that, I mean, because, yes, I have seen every episode of every sp- series, spin-off, World Championship, Christmas special, celebrity special, like the celebrity special and revivals of the Christmas like thing. But yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to leave it there. What are you doing next week? Uh, we're going to talk about musical comedy series Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Excellent. And uh, I'd just like to finish with a, little, with a little something for you. Whether you're from Cornwall or the Yorkshire Moors, we hope you've enjoyed this podcast about Robot Wars. Good night. You were listening to the Darling Why podcast presented by Louis Tangarides and Kate Stewart. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to give us a follow at Darling Why Podcast on Instagram. Feel free to rate and subscribe on whatever podcast feed you're listening to. This podcast is produced, edited and put together entirely by Louis Tangarides and Kate Stewart. Thanks for listening. See you next time.